Hello Gasheads and welcome to this latest episode of Gascast. I'm your host Nino and joining me in the sporty this evening is Kaz. Good evening. Good evening. And Marathon Man and friend of the pod, Weeksy. Good evening. Good evening. Um, so Weeksy, before we chat about the gas a little bit, do you want to tell all the listeners who don't know about your upcoming challenge? Yeah, so March next year I am running with stupidly seven marathons in seven days yeah um for the community trust so two years ago i'd done a, a challenge before and split the money between a community trust and a, a charity close to my goddaughter at the time um but i wanted to do some exclusively for the community trust uh they were so good to me last time looked after me so um i thought we'll get time to go again and try and uh outdo what i did last time so um, amazing yeah so seven marathons but I, i'm trying to get a minimum of seven people to run with me mm-hmm. try and bring everyone along with me give everybody i think Cass told me earlier she was interested actually <laughs> don't you dare look at me um no so yeah I'm, I'm not an athlete um i've never actually i worked out to have never actually ran a marathon distance all at once so i ran 30 miles a day last time but it was split into two runs so. okay so I'm not an athlete, so if anyone feels intimidated by it, don't contact me and, um, yeah, I'll get you through it as well. So Fair play, amazing. Can I just say how crazy that is? Like, I don't think people quite understand how mental that is. Yeah. I, I, can't, I tried to run 5K not long ago and I was wheezing. Like, <laughs> I couldn't breathe. I was in so much pain. I bet you're like, praying for cooler weather than this, aren't Yeah, you? so that's the idea of March, to be fair, because yeah. last time I did it in August and Kaz, you saw last day, I was in yeah. a pickle, weren't oh, I? So, incredible, um, though. Yeah, so it'd be good, but it needs to be difficult to raise the money that I raised and uh-huh. everybody was amazing. So, yeah. So how so many kilometres is... Sorry, how many kilometres is... Oh, you're marathon? testing me now. So it's 26.2 miles. So I think you're looking at about 40 kilometres. <laughs> <laughs> and I died on that. like I died on three. So wow, I just yeah. think it's amazing. Yeah, no, it is incredible. So how can people like get involved and donate and stuff? Is yeah. that going to happen a bit closer to the time? Or yeah, so the Just Giving page is open now. The link is on the Community Trust page. Mm-hmm. Um, as stands, people have already been donating, which is crazy. I think it's about three hundred pounds in already. So I haven't wow. done anything yet. So I've just started my training. Um, and if you want to get involved or come along with training runs, I mean, you don't have to run a full marathon with me. So if you want to do 5K, 10K, a half marathon, I will need people to get me through. So, um, yeah, just contact me on my, on my Twitter, Week C11. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll ha- I'll, we'll sort it from there. Yeah, amazing. Well, fair play. Um, so the only other one I think I say, thing I want to say before we get going is that this is the first pod we've done since the news about uh, Nick Anderton's diagnosis. Um, so yeah, just want to say, obviously, our thoughts of everyone here at Gascast are with him and his family and everyone. It's just, yeah, like rocked us a bit, didn't it? The news, I think, yeah. as a fan base, it was. He's obviously a player who I think I said on the last pod kind of turned into a bit of a sort of cult hero last yeah. season, um, and obviously the whole Shiniesta thing at, at Harrogate, and uh, which I know you two like yeah. close to your hearts yeah. and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just we met him at the awards night and he's just such a lovely bloke as well, isn't he? Just Yeah, I picked him up quite a lot on that post-promotion pod because mm. he was he was the only player to really pull me to one side and ask me what I meant when I said about the abuse that I got. Because I, I, when I, me and Lucy won the award for her game too, Lucy touched on the abuse that I was getting in terms of the hate graffiti and stuff like that. And um, I just thought it was really it was really kind-hearted of him to like pull me to one side and ask me you know what what happened and then he just gave me the best advice ever um 
so yeah, so it's one it's one thing being like any player getting it's heartbroken enough. But when it's one that you feel like you have got a connection to, mm. it's even worse. And obviously, anyone that doesn't know the Harrogate story, wow. <laughs> it was brilliant. So Weeksy and I were at Harrogate away. We went out the night before um, to just some bar, and we ended up on table sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. To think about his number then, <laughs> table sixteen, and we all made a joke saying put a bet on Anderton to score tomorrow. 1-0 Anderton. It's going to happen. And here's the sign. It was because we're on table 16. And then we all laughed it off, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, because at the time he wasn't playing, was he? he no. Wasn't, he wasn't really in the starting 11. So we're like, he's not going to come off the bench and score. He's not even playing type thing. And then <laughs> when it went in, I got quite excited, didn't I? <laughs> well, it was the way it sort of yeah. rolled in in slow motion. It sort oh, of gave you time and it to gave like, me realize time to my celebration. And it was along the lines of Anderton is Anderton is Anderton. But a lot more high pitched. Oh, I've right, never gone, heard yeah. you go so high pitched. It was more like, Anderton, Anderton. And I was like, was that you that just made that noise squealing yeah. with excitement but like the limbs it was a bit extra because we had that little joke the night before so yeah, yeah, yeah. we and then we changed our group name in our whatsapp group chat to the anderton fan club so yeah. since then he's always had a special place in our hearts so yeah, yeah really sad news yeah well obviously if you are listening nick then you know keep fighting we're all behind you yeah and um would love nothing more than to see you back in the quarters one day fingers crossed yeah um so yeah let's get cracking then and obviously we're recording this about 24 hours on from rovers game with crawley and we're not going to talk about that on this because a i don't care about the carabao cup and b i was having a curry at the time it was being played so other than the fact that we lost one nil i have no idea what happened in that game um so yeah we are solely going to focus on our league start to the season so obviously forest green and burton um, but first, before we sort of break down those two games a little bit more, Weeksy, just sort of overall thoughts from you on Rovers' start to the season so far? Um, mixed, I think. Um, Forest Green, it was a, a strange game. I thought we, we started reasonably well. First 10 minutes, we looked strong. Um, guys that I stand with also I thought this looked promising. Um, looks like the, the signing settled in well. The shape looked good. And it looks like we're going to go on from where we were last season. Um, and then it just went to a rapids, didn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. Apart from when we scored, I thought we might kick on. It was one of those where we've equalised. We're just going to go on and win it, and it never quite happened. Mm. Forest Green, I thought, done well. They slowed the game down as soon as we equalised, and they realised that the crowd were with us. And, um, yeah, it just didn't get going. But, um, and then, obviously, Burton, which we'll go into more detail with, was... It was right up there. Everything went for us. Um, it couldn't have gone any better. So straight mm. from the start. So yeah, it's a mixed start, um, and it's very early to tell how we're looking. Apart from that, we um, and we're sure we're going to it, but the squad is looking very thin as it stands. Um, but I'm not panicking because I trust the recruitment, and I think it'll look a lot different like it did last season. Once we get to the first of September, I think once it closes. So we'll see where we are then. Yeah, sure. So let's let's start with that Forest Green game then. Um, just a few quick stats on that. So possession, 52% for Rovers, 48% for them. Shots, 8 for Rovers, 17 for them. Shots on target, 3 for Rovers, 7 for them. Big chances, 1 for Rovers, 4 for Forest Green. And then Belly made 5 saves compared to 2 for Forest Green's keeper. So, yeah, the stats paint the, the picture of the game, I think, in terms of chances at least. So, Kaz, as Weeks, he said, I thought Rovers did start quite bright. Uh, first 10 minutes or so and I thought to be honest I thought Forest Green were like time wasting really early on they reminded me of the game with them at home at the end of last season where they clearly came for a point and they were just killing game taking ages over throw-ins and over goal kicks and I was getting really frustrated about that 
But, I mean, you did this, some of this script for me earlier, and as you've put here, Rovers easily could have been 4-0 down at halftime. Yeah, Belly saved us on quite a few occasions, didn't he? And to be honest, I think it was a case of we threw everything at them early on and then we ran out of steam, um, which you, I've seen with the opposition teams time and time again, which is why we've always been so good at coming back from 1-0 down because we've always kept that um, pace throughout the whole game, whereas first game of the season it just felt like they were told to run at them intimidate them and clearly they did feel intimidated because they were time wasting and obviously it's worked for them before they managed to get that really frustrating point out of us last season um so maybe they thought they'd go for the same thing because we did look threatening um but unfortunately ran out of steam and again with Luca Hall at centre back He's not really cut out in that position just yet. It's, it's all new to him. He's not used to it. Um, and then they were sort of getting through us like a knife through butter at times. And thank God for Belly with those saves because it could have been a much heavier scoreline. Um, I thought like it was a relatively close game in terms of like shots. But then when you just read that out there, it doesn't sound like it. And it sounds like Forest Green served to win. But um, yeah, it was really frustrating. But it is just one of those first game of the season. Try not to look too much into it. Players are still finding their feet, you know, they're returning from their summer. Um, we still had, obviously, an epic end to last season, which may still be hanging over the club a little bit. So it takes time to click. So it's not something I'm too concerned about. Forest Green as well, high on momentum after being promoted um, as champions, first time in League One, they're going to be up for it. So I'm not so worried about it as a performance. To be honest, I don't worry too much about performances until it gets to around... December time because that's when you start to find your actual start on 11 you find that it changes quite a lot you look at last season for example um but yeah thank god for belly in between the sticks I mean I, I could see him being on form a lot this season but hopefully that would be the one game where he, he has to make as many saves like that um and going forward we'll strengthen our defense and yeah and, and get better but I wouldn't worry about it too much at this stage yeah, let's face it, the goal for Forest Green that won the game from Hendry was either an absolute worldie if he meant it or just an absolute fluke if he didn't. So it took a hell of a strike to beat him. Um, so Weeks, as Kaz mentioned there, Luca obviously playing at centre-back in that game. Mm. We talked about this before the season started about being a bit unsure about how he'd get on there. Obviously a change of position for him. Up against Jamil Matt, who's quite you know tough yeah. customer, I guess. Not the most silky, but he's big and strong and all that sort of stuff. How did you think that he did in that game, in, in that position? I, I, I think he struggled. Um, he's, Kaz uh, alluded to that. I think he's just not ready for it yet. You've got to remember, there's been the step up in level from League 2. And it's a big step to League 1. And then suddenly, you're in a new position as a young lad. Um, you know, it's probably a little bit unfair on him. I saw some people criticising him quite heavily. and thought, oh, hang on a minute, he's just stepped inside. He's a completely different game, 10 yards inside from right back. Um, and then you're coming up against Jamal Matt, who he's a beast, isn't he? He's, mm, and he's, yeah. he's a handful. And we, we said before the game that you watch Jamal Matt, he'll go and stand next to Luca Hall. He's going to have he's going to have no interest in Connolly whatsoever. Mm. You know, I know Connolly's a young lad, but that's his position. Um, and let's but, not forget, sorry to interrupt, but right, yeah. Jamal Matt gave uh, Taylor and Connolly a really rough time Run last around. season. Twice, yeah. so, to be fair. And you know. I agree with Joey. I think that's where Luke Hall can play because the, the one criticism of him at right back is going forward. His, his crossing's not there. And, and if we got someone like John Marquise up front now, that you look at all of his goals in his career, they're all in the box coming from crosses. 
So we need fullbacks that can cross the ball. Um, and Luca Hall's an outright defender. So once he fills out a bit, gets the experience, he'll be absolutely fine. He will be a good centre-half. Just unfair to think that he's going to see us through the season this year. Mm. Remember, next, he's next to another 20-year-old. It might be a bit different. You know, you said with Alfie Kilgore before when he was next to Tony Craig. Mm-hmm. Alfie Kilgore was a different player next to Tony Craig. You look at Alfie Kilgore now, I don't know if we're going to go on to it, but I'm, I'm not sure he's, he's quite there. But, you know, um, Luca will develop and um, the signings we need are in that area, let's be fair. So we'll, we'll see where we are in a couple of weeks. Yeah, fair. So moving on to midfield then, Kaz. Because um, obviously our first choice sort of pairing in the middle last season was Finley and Coots. And, you know, two standout players for me from that campaign. So they're absolutely brilliant and just had a, an amazing partnership, complemented each other so well. Um, obviously, in this game, it was Rossiter who was in front of the defence, sort of holding on his own. And then you had Evans, Westbrook and Harry Anderson behind Collins and Marquis, I think, up top. So sort of a 4-1-3-2. Anyway, the point is the midfield was so different from last season. How much of a, a miss do you think it was not having Finley and Coots and how much do you think that sort of impacted the performance and the result that we got? Yeah, massively. They're, they are in control of the game, those two. Um, they, they're like the engine in the middle, you could say, um, and they work so well. And we might touch on it later with Burton, but Finley and his return against Burton, I mean, I phenomenal. Mean. Probably my man of the match. Um, yeah, I thought he was incredible and we really missed just that intelligence from Finlay because he's he's way quicker than the others you know he can anticipate things a lot faster but he also does a bit of a Chris Lines where he just runs through Mm. and um, he creates those opportunities and there's no wonder with Finlay back in the middle that we scored so many at Burton and it's no wonder that we just looked empty against Forest Green and we didn't really create those chances Um, we got Coots back soon and I'm looking forward to seeing Coots and Finlay back together Um, because I think Coots with his leadership as well is obviously a really strong asset for us. Um, but yeah, I, I think they were massively missed. And Rossiter, just, I mean, if he's even fit, I mean, I, he didn't do anything for me, to be honest. I know it's quite a unique position that he was in, but I didn't see any sort of like drive or taking control or creativity from him. Um, but Finley and Coots, I think when they're back, and if they were there for a screen, it'd be a completely different game. Um, but yeah, the matur- maturity of Coots um, and Finley's skill um, and pace in the middle, I think, is a game changer. Yeah, I think for me, with Rossiter in that game, I didn't think he had a good game. I thought he gave it away a lot when he had it. But I do think as well, he looked really sort of isolated in midfield on his own. I remember, especially in the second half, when I think Forest Green was shooting towards the Blackthorn second half, which is where I stand. I just remember them just literally just running through the middle of us and it was sort of mm. Rossiter stood on his own in front of the back four, whereas last season Finley and Coots would be there and they were quite a solid pairing. It felt hollow, didn't it? Yeah, it felt really I, empty. I think maybe to defend him on that one, maybe you know, we, had, we had Westbrook in there and I, I don't like slating people but we carried him, to be polite. I mean, Barton slated him plenty. So well, I yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't like to go on two feet with people if I can help it. But no, I, I thought, you know, we did carry Westbrook. He was miles off it. And like you said, Roster's in there on his own, um, you know. And we seem to have uh, different shapes where, where we ended last season. Collins was definitely as a two with Marquise. So I don't know whether we went with that shape just because the midfield is different. And we've, when we have Finley and Coots back, maybe we'll go to a three with Collins off the left. But um, yeah, Roster's got a bit to do. And he's he struggled with injuries, hasn't he, his whole career. So he's going to struggle to get any rhythm. And you've got to have rhythm in... The, that centre defensive midfield so 
You know, we saw how long it took Coots a good three months, didn't it, last season? And then suddenly, I, going back to Harrogate, I can remember slating him at Harrogate. And then he turned out to be probably one of our best players. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so. Port Vale away. Oh, ten out of one ten. of the best I've seen. Yeah. Best midfield performances I've seen. But, um, yeah, with, with Finley and Coots back, it'd be different. Yeah, I agree. It'd be different. Yeah, yeah. So finally, Forest Green, uh, before we move on, do you think it was a fluke or a worldie? Fluke. Yeah, I agree. Weeksy. Yeah, he's going. He's he's just flinging it into the back post, isn't he? Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> anyway, there we go. And he give it a big enough after. I didn't like. Oh, that. in front of us. Yeah, right must have been front right in front of, us, of you, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, my blood was, was yeah. boiling. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely boiling. Honestly, um, right. Let's move off that game then and have a chat about the off-field. Well, kind of off-field uh, drama, I guess you would say, with uh, the Clark Westbrook and Rodman semi-departures so yeah I'm sure you've all seen the quotes but Barton said if you'd said to me at the end of last season Zane Westbrook and Trevor Clark were going to be in my starting 11 on the opening day of the season I would have said my god we must have had a bad summer Um, so Clark obviously signed a new contract at the club in June or July maybe Um, and Barton has now called that renewal a mistake and says that he doesn't trust Clark and has sent him to train away from the first team uh, because he's been told he has no future at the club so, week suit, let's come to you. Big Ooh. intake of breath there. Um, yeah. So, obviously, we saw not as harsh comments as this, I wouldn't suggest, but kind of similar, similarly harsh comments from Barton last season about Thomas in the press. And I think that kind of worked well because Thomas, I thought, came in at the end of the season and looked a lot better than he had done. So, I think that was fair enough. Um, obviously, this is a bit different because he's basically saying, I don't want these players anymore. On, off you go. Yeah. Um, what do you make of his comments and the effect it could have on the dressing room and stuff like yeah. that? Um, firstly, stitch me right up because I was on Points West that week <laughs> and I said the one I was looking forward to seeing was Trevor Clark. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so I was surprised. Um, but what I will say is when you reflect on it, we don't know what happens the Monday to Friday in the no, training grounds. Yeah, yeah. So you don't know whether he's a, you know, he's a bad apple in the group didn't seem to be that way and I don't know why you would give him that contract what six weeks ago um, and it's a reasonably long contract as a player Trevor Clark I really liked I mean, he had a very good pre-season hence why I said what I said um, and obviously time's up for Rodman and Westbrook but still I thought it was quite harsh to I actually say that not and only did he have a good pre-season I thought he was probably one of our best players in that Forest Green game and obviously he, yeah. it was, he made these comments directly after that game yeah. and I was like I thought he was alright yeah, unless he's, he he wasn't doing something that he you know specifically a specific asked. tactical instruction. And or again, I yeah. don't know whether it is our fullbacks getting crosses in. So I did notice he wasn't going as forward as much um, from left back. But yeah, it's just out of the blue, wasn't it? So I don't know if something's happened. And you know, has Joey weighed it up and are not particularly liked in the group anyway? And as it, does it affect the group? Mm. Um, yeah, time will tell, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so Kaz, I think. Trevor Clark, you can probably separate from Westbrook and Rodman, really, because I think a lot of fans liked Trevor Clark and saw him being probably our first choice left back this season, obviously with what's happened with Anderton and Grant being injury prone and everything. Um, whereas Westbrook and Rodman, I mean, especially Rodman, I forgot he even existed, to be honest. But I mean, Westbrook, obviously, I said on the pod the last two times we've recorded that I would quite like to see him given a go. I agree with Weeksy that he was a passenger in that Forest Green game, but I still think he potentially could have given us something as a squad player, considering the squad is so thin at the moment. 
But do you think with Westbrook and Rodman, it's more of a case of it's understandable and maybe for the best? Yeah. I mean, Rodman's past is expiry date, and let's face it, like you said, like can't believe he's still at the club. Um, I liked him and I liked Rodman as a player, but I can't see him fitting into this side at all. So it's a bit of a pointless one. And um, Westbrook... Yeah, I think we're all a bit hopeful that Joey might be able to get the best out of him. Because um, there must be something there. Coventry fans absolutely loved him and he was in the championship, right? Was it championship or League One? when They, they won the title with him in the side, didn't they? Mm-hmm. In League One. In League yeah. One. yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, they absolutely raved about him and they couldn't believe that we had signed him. Um, and he was one of our signings of the summer when we signed him and everyone thought he was going to be like this incredible asset. And um it just didn't work out for him and I don't know if it was just playing under Garner or just the obviously the the relegation season wouldn't have helped anybody uh, would have made anyone look bad Um, so I kind of wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and be like well if he's got proper full season training under a manager a consistent manager um, who gets him playing how he wants him to play then maybe we might see the Westbrook that everyone's been ranting and raving about but maybe there was glimpses in pre-season but like you said, at Forest Green, there was there was oh, nothing. nothing. And I think maybe that was his chance. That was his chance to prove himself. And he hasn't. So Barton's just gone, okay, see ya. That was it. And you know what Barton's like. He's He won't, he won't wait around. Wait for anyone, yeah, he? exactly. So, yeah, I, I think that was probably it. Barton probably said, this is your one and only chance to impress me, to get you know yourself in this squad for the season. Fail to do so, then you're out of here. And I, I honestly think that's how it went. I think the interesting thing for me is that with Westbrook, he came out and said that it's nothing to do with him character-wise. He's like, he kept saying Zane's a great lad, like he's yeah. great around the group and stuff, but he's just not for me, basically. Whereas he didn't say that with Trevor Clark, did he? It was, he was nothing, which was blunt. Wasn't something behind <laughs> something the happened. scenes. Yeah. He was basically like, I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but basically he's, he's good enough for the League of Ireland and that's it sort of thing. I, it wasn't quite that harsh, but it was along those lines. So yeah. I was, I'm thinking, you're trying to get rid of this bloke. Like You're trying to get someone to come in for him. Don't limit the market to the League of Ireland by saying he's not good enough for English football. He could sit on that contract now, couldn't he? And that that's limit, the problem, isn't it? The yeah. I don't know if it would be a huge contract. but Yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm sure that won't be the last thing that Barton comes out with that makes us all raise our eyebrows. But um, let's move on to the Burton game then, the most recent one. Um, so again, I'll go through a few stats. So possession, 35% for them, 65% for Rovers. Shots, four for Burton, 24 for Rovers. Shots on target, one for Burton, five for Rovers. Big chances, one for Burton, two for Rovers. Um, so before we sort of talk about the game itself, uh, we all watched it, but Weeksy, you were the only one of us three who was actually there in the away end. So do you want to just talk us about the trip and the day out and how yeah, was it? Yeah, saying that the trip was interesting on the train. It was a very busy train, especially yeah. going through Birmingham. Sounded vile. Game. Yeah, it was sweaty, yeah. as, I, as I'll describe it. Um, but yeah, like great away day, Burton. It's my first what time, but I've heard good things about it before. So um, in the pub beforehand, loads of those fans, loads of... Um, there's a huge football match going on with all the little kids and that, so that's great to see. But no, it was a um, good game. Um, it started off perfectly, didn't it? Absolutely perfectly. And we, we slate referees quite often, um, but the, the sending off in that first minute, there was a foul just before that, and most referees are blowing up for that. So and where we were at the far end, it was quite hard to see what was happening. Um, I was going to say, you but, looked a bit sunbaked in that terrace. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was very hot. Um, yeah, my forehead's still suffering now from it. But um, 
Yeah, when obviously the red card went up, which where we couldn't see was quite a surprise, but to score straight away was mm. the key. Because I know we've struggled against 10 men before. Everyone's, go, everyone's groaning when, when the red card goes up. Like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> yep. It's happening again. But um, obviously, fair play, Anthony Evans has buried it. Um, and, but the, the main difference between that and the Forest Green, green game was Sam Finley. Mm-hmm. And it was clear as day. I don't know what you thought, but it was absolutely clear as day for me. Um, uh, obviously, the new left-back came in. I thought he did really well. He looked really sharp. Um, I think he's 19, but we all commented when we were watching it there how bulky he was and how, you know, grown up he is. He's 19, but, you know, where we say Luca Hall's a bit spindly, if you like this guy. Yeah, well looks built. ready for men's football, doesn't he? Definitely, yeah. And he started very well. And it's like he, like he said in his interview as well, it's a perfect start. So, mm. um, yeah, all, all round looked really good. Um, John Marquis done well up front, I thought. He's that, our vocal point, which we crying out for last year. We had him last year. We would have won the league by about 10 points, I think. I think he would have made that much of a difference. Um, so, yeah, all in all, really good day. Um, enjoyable. Yeah, class. So, yeah, I want to touch on a few of those points in a bit more detail. Yep. Um, let's start with the fact that, obviously, great win, 4-0. Uh, nice to get an early three points after losing the first game of the season, obviously. But how much do you think we can read into the well a the performance and b the win with obviously the red card within i think it was in like 40 seconds yeah. or something massively changes the game obviously so how excited do you think we actually can get about what yeah, we saw yeah i know that's the thing it doesn't feel like it's a a truthful result because no. of the red card and the fact they got pumped for one the week before by wickham you know they're already a poor side so what I don't want is Gasheads to get carried away and think, oh yeah, like here we go, great season, promotion train, all that sort of stuff. Because uh, it's it's a poor side with ten men, a side that at, at this stage looks sure to finish rock bottom of this league. Um, so maybe it's just because I've I've learned not to be too positive about things, but I am sort of just looking at that angle and going, right, let's not get carried away with this one let's treat it as it's a win but let's not treat it as always oh, a hammer in and brilliant result because is it, it it's great it's, you've still got to score four goals and you've still got to keep a clean sheet but the opposition I don't think quite reflects league one let's remember we still got Pompey to play and we've still got Charlton to play still got Sheffield Wednesday we still got Derby so it was a great result and I'm really happy with it and it's great for goal difference which as we all know means a lot um, and it really matters come the end of the season so that's brilliant and we really took our chances which is great but let's just keep calm with this result and not get over excited about it because the big dogs are coming <laughs> yeah yeah they are um, yeah I mean like obviously I was really happy that they got a man sent off because it made the chances of us winning so much more but I feel like especially early in the season when you've just gone up a division and no one really knows what level we're at compared to the rest of League One. I really want those early games to be able to get a good like, gauge of where we are. And I felt like that was completely ruined within the first minute. So part of me was a little bit annoyed. So I was like, well, I'm not going to learn anything from this now, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. regardless of what happens. You get what I mean? This is exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm like, it's not a true reflection yeah. of, of what we are like as a team. Like, obviously I'm buzzing, but also I'm slightly pissed off because I, d- I still don't know what to make of this team, you know? like It would have been, I think it would have been more interesting if Evans didn't score that free kick. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe five, 10, 15 minutes go by and a few moans and groans and we don't go one nil up. But, um, Saturday would be different. That'd be yes. the first acid test. I yes. think. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Burton didn't come out with us. 
Yeah, yeah. Try. So, I noticed uh, Barton said after this game, you talked about Marquis earlier. Mm-hmm. So Barton said that he went back to essentially the system we played last season, the four-two-three-one. So in this game, you had Finley and Evans kind of sat in front of the defence. Well, they didn't sit that much because obviously they had a man less, and we were all over them. But that was the idea. And then you had Anderson on the right, Collins on the left, and then Marquis was kind of playing as a number ten behind Loft. So I think when he came in, we were all expecting Marquis to be that kind of poacher in the box waiting for chances, but he was actually playing a bit deeper. And I thought he was dropping into midfield quite nicely and getting involved. And just, just it looks a lot better on the ball than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be a pure poacher who was just going to stand in the box and tap it in. But I thought, like, technically, whenever the ball goes to him, he's class, isn't he? He's good. He's a lot quicker than I thought. Mm. You see him live, he can move as well. And he's a good athlete. Um, I, th- I don't think we're going to see that again with Loft. Lofter and Marquista. I think that's just because of who we didn't have available. Coots is going to come straight back in, isn't he? So I think you'll find Evans and Finley be in front of Coots, maybe. And you know, if the games, you know, if we're up against it against Oxford, they can drop back with Coots. And I think I think you'll find Marquista be up front, but he can do it all. I think you're right. He's technically superb, you know. And again, you know, Lofty's not technically gifted at all. He's, in, he's come back in great shape. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed. He can get around. He looks really fit and he's going to be a nuisance. Mm. Um, I don't think he got enough praise that he should have got at the end of last season. When you look back at the Rochdale fourth goal, he makes that goal and he's just making an absolute nuisance himself. But yeah, Mark Reese is definitely going to be the main man. Um, yeah. But you, you'll see Coots come back in. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. So moving on to the debutant then, Gordon. Uh, announced about an hour and a half before kickoff, I think, like Connolly vibes to that one. Yeah, not quite as rushed, it didn't feel, but. Um, well, similar. photo taken at, at Burton's ground, wasn't yeah. it? So I'd say it was pretty rushed. It was, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to give him a bit of leeway there, but um, <laughs> yeah, so Weeks, he kind of touched on him earlier, but Kaz, what did you make of his debut and how he sort of fitted in, considering he'd only trained with us twice, I think? Yeah. Obviously, I mean, from my point of view, there's going to be much tougher tests for him being a left back in terms of he barely had any defending to do and it was quite comfortable because he was just getting the ball and able to run forward really but well, yeah, what did you think of him? Yeah I thought he fit in really well I thought it was a brilliant debut one of the best debuts I've seen in a long time I think is that over the top I don't no. know I thought he was great um, I think as well because we were worried about the lack of players and especially in that position following Trevor Clark's departure it's a lot to um, a lot for him to take on. It's a big responsibility, and he handled it very, very well. I didn't know he was nineteen until you you said yeah, it about I think ten right. minutes ago. Yeah, I, I mean, amazing. Um, he's never had a loan spell either, so I'm pretty sure that was his first ever professional game. It's incredible, isn't it? Really? It's yeah. it's great. I think like he's got loads of potential in him, and for to, to walk into a team that you've never played a full ninety minutes with before and just fit in like that and play with such confidence. Um, clean sheet as well brilliant I mean didn't miss Trevor Clark at all if I'm honest I thought he was great Um, so I'm really excited to see how he gets on Um, Oxford obviously will be a much bigger test for him than Burton Um, so yeah let's just see how he gets on on Saturday but first impressions very good I was getting a bit of like Tutonda vibes from him on the ball 
That I'm not sure I particularly oh, we rated Tutonda massively, but on the ball, he was so. I, I Fans re- loved Tutonda for a bit, you know, and it was yeah. like that little window. Yeah, yeah. Like, the first couple of games, he was amazing. Yeah. Like Roberto Carlos or something. <laughs> the Tutonda honeymoon it. period was one of my best <laughs> periods as a gas head. I just yeah. thought we'd sign, like, yeah, yeah. the next Roberto Carlos. Yeah. And I'm kind of getting similar vibes from Gordon. So, um, <laughs> so what you're saying is wait a few games and then we'll yeah. revisit this. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is Gordon will be shipped out to Gillingham by January, <laughs> like, like Tutonda was. Um, so yeah we've talked about this man a little bit but let's focus on him a little bit more so Finley as we said came back in and I just thought he made an absolute world of difference he's just I, I mean I said I can't remember how many pods ago this, ago this was but I said that I think Finley is probably the best all round centre midfielder that we've had at Rovers in probably like 20 plus years um, I just thought he was absolutely class yeah, I think so. I, mean, I think I described him as a little rat in midfield. <laughs> I, I always look at players and think, would I want to play against him? I wouldn't want to play against Sam Finley. Like you said, he can get his foot in. He's balanced. He's got that low centre of gravity. He's confident on the ball. He, could, he can, you know, strike it from distance. We saw a few times last season. Um, and he just gives us that energy and that buzz in midfield where obviously the Forest Green game would look really flat. He doesn't allow that to happen. And it kind of... He demands that from other players as well, and I just love him. I mean, a brilliant signing. Um, I can remember the guy that does a Fleetwood podcast. I can't remember, it, can't remember his name now. Oh, um, Ben Nappers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and he, he mentioned him being like the League Two Gerard, wasn't it? I know everyone laughed at the time, but you can see it. Proper yeah. box to box midfielder, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's he's first name on the team sheet for me. And that's that's all. Yeah. That's the best thing to say about him. All day, mm. every day. Class sign, anyway. So um, yeah. I honestly think, like, I think back to some of some of my other favourite centre midfielders at Rovers. So you think like Sinclair. I think you could say Finley's got the kind of energy of Sinclair in terms of his goal scoring. He's a bit like got the goal scoring from centre midfield of like Disley. Maybe he used to get about ten a season. I think Finley Circum. got close to that last season. Yeah, or Circum. Like you said earlier, he drives through the midfield like lines he did mm. in his prime. He's got the passing range of. I don't know some other Rovers midfielder we had with a good passing <laughs> range. I can't think of off the top of my head, but probably put Line Z in that as well. Couldn't yeah. you? Yeah, pass. I just think you take the best bits of every other midfielder and put them into a player, and that is Sam Finley. Like, I just honestly, I think he's. I don't know how he's not played at this level before. Oh no, he has. I don't know how he's not played in the Championship before. I meant to say because I honestly, I just think he's so good. You know when you watch a player and then you're just like, oh, like every yeah. time he does something, you're like, oh, yeah, like look at that. You know what I mean, like. Our reactions watching yeah. it, wasn't it? Every time he was on the board, it was like, oh, Sam Finley. Yeah. And like, yeah. when, you, when you're making those noises watching him play, <laughs> you know you know they're bloody good, right? Yeah, We're not yeah. used to like good players like that at Rovers. With him, and the beauty of having him, you have, you have Cootsy that sits there in front of the fence, got Sam Finley buzzing about everywhere, and then Evans is just like, just give me the ball and I'll just do something amazing. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to worry about bins. any defensive side of it. Yeah. It's a real good balance three and mm. Finley is crucial to that. I don't think we've got anyone else like him at the minute. So Buzzing yeah. about is a great description. Yeah, that's what he does, doesn't yeah. he? He's, just, He's he here, there like and right everywhere. pain in the ass to play against and I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I love watching him play. Yeah, yeah. 100%. All right. So uh, one of the other star men on the day, obviously the man who played on the left in this game, Aaron Collins, Started the season in amazing form, really. Obviously, it took about 17 or 18 games for him to get off the mark last season. And then after that, he went on a good run. But first two league games this season, three goals in two games, scored two in this game. I thought brilliant finishes, both of them. Um, 
yeah, it's just great to see him get off, you know, get off the hit the ground running this season, uh, get off the mark early, and he just seems to have carried on where he left last season. Yeah, I mean, I remember last season when he scored that rocket against Oxford in the four three, and then from then I was like, yes, he took his. Ch- he was greedy for once. He took his chances, but then he so- he sort of reverted back to to passing again and not taking his chances. But I feel like Barton's had a strong word of him and said, look, you need to take your chances because you can do this. And now he, he's really greedy now and I love it. Like he wanted a hat trick, didn't he? Oh, I, it was hilarious. I thought it, it was, was hilarious. You <laughs> see the reaction of the other players are like, my God, you should have passed that. But everyone was like, don't worry. Like he's on a hat trick. You've got yeah. to have a go, haven't you? Yeah. But I'm, obviously we were watching it together and I remember saying to you after he'd got his two, uh, he got past the ball. He's about 35 yards out on the left wing. So not in a good position at all. And there was a few other Rovers players up top in much better positions waiting for it. And I turned to you straight away and I was like, Ian passing this. Like, he's going to run at that goal and have a pop. It doesn't matter where he is. And pretty much every time he got the ball after that, he was just driving at goal. Yeah. Wasn't he? And he was chopping. And, yeah. He sat three of them down, didn't he, at one point? Yeah, all that, that picture. That picture is brilliant. Yeah. superb, that was. I think that's when he probably it. should have passed it, actually. Yeah. Everyone yeah. Just said, you can't pass that now. When you sit three people down, yeah. you've got to have a go, are Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on the Gascast Twitter. And if people haven't seen that picture, mm, it's really. amazing. I want it framed. But yeah, oh, I love it. I love his confidence now. He's He's got it in his head that I know I can do this and I know I can score goals. We didn't see that at the start of last season, which is why he wasn't scoring goals because every time he got in that position and the opportunity to do so, he wouldn't take it. And now he is. And, mm. and, he, and extra. I don't think he would have tried to shoot from 35 yards or whatever if we weren't falling up. I do think he's obviously a bit smarter than that. Um, but why not? I mean, he was on for a hat trick, so I don't blame him for doing it. But I just, I love the confidence in him now. And as, as he's been told by Joey, I think it was after the Rochdale game, or maybe just before, he was told by Joey that you need to take your chances, get yourself in that box and you will score. He knows that now. And I think we're going to see a contender for top scorer for League One this season in Aaron Collins. Obviously, he's off to a flying start, but honestly... I think so. It's that confidence. The is confidence just, is a key one. It's, it's all... Driving down Gloucester Road earlier to come in, just driving past the Royal Oak and seeing that lamppost. <laughs> yeah. And like we were stood there, it was amazing. But the, I, I think that is all part of it, though. He mm. feels like he's the main man. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's a bit of a maverick, isn't he? Socks down, like, got his, all his hair done and everything. So I, I can't believe him. The way he walked into the players do that night, we just walked in with his arms out wide. It's just thought, wow, what a legend. <laughs> so, Rightly yeah. so. He fits in, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. he can do what he wants, can't he? He's yeah. like the freedom of city, surely. But he so. is a genuinely nice guy as yeah, well. Yeah, if brilliant. anyone's been lucky enough to meet him, all this like persona he puts on is actually not him deep down and he is actually a lovely guy and he is very, very humble. But he deserves to be putting himself out there like that and enjoying himself because he's been great for us. And I hope this success continues for him. And obviously got him tied down on a new three-year deal three-year recently, deal. Oh, which is brilliant news because there was a few rumblings about someone like Pompey coming in from this summer. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, they may still do, we don't know, but if they do, they'd have to pay big money now. So. We'll get what he's worth. And I think crucial to him, playing in the correct position. He'd done all that last year and he's not a, a nine, is he? He's no. definitely off the left. I think he's going to cause absolute chaos this season. Mm. I can't wait to see it. I thought that was the difference in him uh, with this game compared to the Forest Green game. Obviously, I know he scored in the Forest Green game as well, but in that game, like you said earlier, he was very central. Yeah. I don't think that quite worked with those front two, whereas on in this Burton game, he was coming in the middle as well. But obviously for both his goals, when he picked the ball up, he was out on the left Some and then drove infield. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be so dangerous. Those goals he scored. The fin- they're brilliant finishes. If like a championship club was looking at that, they'd be like, I want him. Mm. Like, 
incredible. Yeah. I know, again, it's against Burton, but you still got to score those goals, right? And, yeah. and if he we scores didn't all have types of goals. Yeah. He scores absolute screamers. He gets the odd tap in, doesn't mm-hmm. he? A scruffy one. And then left the foot, Burton, right foot. Yeah, left, yeah but he went both ways, didn't he? And as a defender, if you don't know which way he's going to go, you haven't got a chance now, have you? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Magic stuff. So let's finish with a preview of the Oxford game uh, coming up on Saturday at the Mem. Early kickoff, just to remind everyone, because I forget pretty much every time I think about this game, <laughs> we keep making plans for Saturday. As if it's a 3 p.m. kickoff, don't we? And then, then we're like, oh, shit, it's 12.30. Yeah, like, go out for lunch. We're definitely going to miss kickoff. <laughs> I can tell. We're just going to miss the game. Um, I think the fans only look like half 10. Yeah. Early yeah. beers. Yeah, yeah. you're going to be there week soon? Yes, I'll be there. See you there. I'll be first there. Thatcher's on your cornflakes. <laughs> Nine. I'll be knocking on the mem gates. Let me in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, yeah, they might have like a Kellogg stand in the fan zone. So everyone can have their breakfast there. Dave Bright, if you're listening. Yeah, get on it. Um, so yeah, obviously Oxford. So I think like you said earlier, Weeksy, I think this is going to be a really good yeah. test and maybe tell us a little bit more about where we are. Obviously, the, the squad is still so threadbare and could change a lot between now and the end of the window. So maybe it's not going to completely tell us, but I think it will be a, good, a really good test. So obviously, it would be great to get the home form going with a win. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on how you feeling deep down about the game? I'm unsure because if I'm mixed start, I just don't know what to expect. Mm. Um, you know, look at Oxford's squad. I mean, they they got it's a Cameron Branigan. He signed a new deal, didn't he? Which I thought was a, a, a good steal for them. Um, we won't mention the other guy that's coming back. We'll, we'll give him plenty of stick when he, <laughs> when he walks out for his warm-up, I'm sure. Um, and I don't know if Billy Bodin's fixed. It might be a test for our new left-back. Just uh, something that crossed my mind. That'd be a stern test for him. Um home games you want to win I can't see what there's no reason why we can't but again because I'm, I'm a mixed start I just don't know what to expect to be honest with you um, our first 11 I think isn't far off what our first 11 might be I think there'll be some changes in defence so I still think it'll give us some indication um, and Oxford beat Swansea last night didn't they on penalties mm-hmm. I yeah think. I believe so yeah um, so yeah be a strong test but um I'd probably take a point, and I hate saying that at home game, but I would take a point and hope mm. for a win. I think I was feeling quite confident. I'm not, I don't care about last night's game. I'm not reading Ooh, anything into that. You're going to bring it up, though? No, I'm not. Dying what, to talk about it. What I, what I am going to bring up is that Gibbons is now injured. Uh, so Barton came out and said after last night's game that he's got to have a scan and that he's going to be out for more than one to two weeks. He didn't go into how bad it is, but with Gibbons' injury history before he came to us, I'm fearing that that could be a lengthyish one. Um, I mean, the defence was threadbare as it is, but I guess that now means that maybe Hall goes to right back again and Kilgore comes in to play alongside Connolly. And I love Kilgore because he's a gasshead. But he's not played consistently. Well, barely played at all for, I don't know, 18 months, maybe more. And the type of player he is, is quite a like, big, slow centre-back. It's just what he is. And the thought of him marking Taylor and Bowden on Saturday <laughs> makes me sweat. <laughs> <laughs> on the theme of sweating again. I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> Shaking, It'll everybody. be okay, yeah. I need he drink. needs a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just having a sip of water a minute, everyone. Just, oh. Yeah. Um, better? Yeah, well, no. No, I'm not, no, I'm not better. I, I think to ease your worries, I think we'll have a new signing by Yeah. Then. Do you? Think positive. Yeah, I think Joey hinted towards it and he was asked about Kilgore when they um, 
didn't watch any of the highlights for the Crawley game, but I watched the interview afterwards and he was asked about Kilgore and he wasn't glowing about I him, was he? Yeah, I know. So um, I think we'll have a sign-in or two by then. Because mm. out of the six or seven signings that he wants, I think three of them need to be in defence, especially with the injury. Yeah. Um, but if we don't get anyone, then it will be Kilgore and we'll just have to watch I mean, behind our hands. You would hope that the staff are all just like putting in those little extra hours just to find someone because it's quite important right it really like is now. It, it, it's reaching a bit of a desperate situation now yeah. i think like we're in danger of i said this before obviously we've just smashed burton four nil so this sounds stupid but we are in danger of having a quite a poor start just because we haven't signed enough players yeah you know? i am sure that they're on it they've, they've got to be right yeah. there's no way that they've got I, their feet I, I up at home a, not a, worried a, about a, it I think we have to realise with, with, with signings why it's taking so long. So all the, the market we're in now in League One, these players are holding out for a Portsmouth, mm. for a Charlton. Yeah, we're not the big the, the big fish in you this know, pond. We anymore. Realize no. anymore. <laughs> but we, we do need to realise that we are going to be, you know, Competing. picking off the rest. Yeah, mm. so... Um, I'd get anyone though. Yeah, it's just our body now. Yeah. I could give yeah. a good 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joey, if you're listening, we've got the guy. He's training at the moment. It'd be perfect. Um, let's have your start in 11 then, Weeksy, for the game. Right. Okay. It's obviously Belshaw and Cole. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be Hall. It'd be Kilgore slash new signing mm-hmm. next to uh, Connolly. Gordon. And then we'll have our normal midfield three, I think. I think we'll have um, Coots, Finley and Evans. Um, Harry Anderson, who goes under the radar for me. I think he's absolutely mint. I agree. <laughs> Brilliant. Collins off the left and Marquise up front. I can't see it being any difference. I'll be surprised if you come up with anything different because that's all the 11 we got. So another option... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Another option I've just thought of is instead of playing Kilgore, could you put Harry Anderson right back, keep Hall and Connolly in the middle and then put... Gordon left back because he has done a job there before he played at left I think he played at left back for a part of the game against Forest Green I thought he looked really good there as well to be fair is that an option do you reckon I think then yeah you bring in Saunders then and then you bring on Saunders on the right right. yeah so I wouldn't be against that Mm. I do like Saunders off the bench there when the defence is knackered Mm. Um, god our bench we don't have a bench the bench (laughs) is literally children 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 and loft I'm starting to sweat now yeah I told you yeah, I told you. Thanks for that. We're yeah. all frightened. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's have some score predictions for the game then. So we'll start with you, Kaz. Brilliant. Um, I don't think Taylor will score. If that helps. But anyway, oh, I'm trying man. not. I'm trying not to be too negative. How much? So I, I meant to ask this earlier. Seeing as you brought it up, we'll do score predictions in a second. Okay. Seeing as you brought it up, do we still care about the? The Taylor is the feeling still the same as like the first time he came back, or is it? No, it's not. For me, it it isn't. Weeksy's looking at me strangely, but for me, like the first time he came back, that was toxic. Since obviously, there's still like a a bitterness to it. Like you know, still still don't like the guy. Still not happy with everything that happened. Um, But I think he's kind of got his karma now. You know, he's not made it in the championship. He was a bench warmer for City. He didn't. He didn't do anything spectacular there. And now he's back in League One at the same level as us anyway. He scored against us in lockdown, which if he was ever going to score against us, it was in front of no fans. Brilliant. Like, who cares? But it's done. Like, for me, I'm just like, if he scored against us on Saturday, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I wouldn't be, like, as distraught as I would be if he'd scored against us the first time he returned to the Mem. 
Still an issue for me, but nowhere near as big as the first time he returned. Yeah, the breakup's not as raw now, is it? Yeah. It's, like, it's been a few I'm years. I'm over it, you know, yeah. I've moved on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great point saying it didn't go for him. And even when he did score at the Mem, uh, the FA Cup game, obviously what happened happened, the 4 3, so was good, but. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, got I, I can tell you can't wait to give him shit. Yeah. Just, <laughs> he's he's I'm squirming. He's I'm sweating now. I'm like, come on, get me down there. No, it, <laughs> it, it, it is. It is you know, it is what it is. He made a move that I think probably a lot of people would have made. But the... Because it was my little lad's favourite footballer. Oh. oh and, and he had to deal with that. And, and I just got to worry about what my nine-year-old's going to say. <laughs> so um, he, he's not overly pleased with him. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's not gone well for him. And as long as he doesn't score. Which I don't think he will. I'd kind of rather waste my energy on him anymore. We, we're... Yeah. Fry, also when he bottled it the first time he came back was hilarious yeah. that's enough for me watching him fake that injury and limp off and go down the tunnel because he the, couldn't handle it that's why Alfie Kilgore absolutely rattled him first 20 seconds of that yeah. game it was great yeah, yeah. yeah. second like... thoughts get Kilgore on that 11 yeah. on Saturday <laughs> I, I think we've made our feelings known and yeah. there's no point wasting any energy on him now. no, no. Like, we're over it he's dead to us like, let's move on yeah, yeah fuck him alright <laughs> let's do let's do, school, let's do school <laughs> predictions now then so Kaz let's uh, you've had a bit of thinking time now. All so right. let's, uh, let's, <sighs> let's have your prediction. Well, I was right about the last one, just FYI. Just thought I'd bring that up. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to be a bit more optimistic. I'm not going to say we're going to lose. I'm going to say we're going to draw. Mm-hmm. Because we've got Coots and Finley back. Because we've got Coots in charge. And Finley driving through that midfield. As long as we get a centre back in, like Weeksy has promised us, then... Yeah, then I would say draw. I think one all. Who's going to score for Rovers? Collins. He's on fire, baby. Weeks, so let's have your score prediction. We, we won't keep a clean sheet. No, <laughs> I agree with you. I'm just as frightened as you. I think two all. I think it's going to be a bit... I think it's going to be a good It's game. a very Rovers v Oxford scoreline. Yeah, it's all. normally goals, isn't there? And my goal scorers would be... I think Marquise will get off the mark. And I Marquise. Think Collins. Marquise. Marquise. <laughs> um, I think... Yeah, I think uh, Collins will get another one. Mm. He's going to dart in off the left and he's just going to bend one in the top corner. We're all mm. going nuts. So, two all. Good stuff. All right, I'm going to go 2 1 gas. Oh, I like Quite it. confident. Wow. And I'm going to say lofty last five minutes. Oh, oh, Every time we do a prediction, I say it. Hasn't happened yet. I don't think I've said it before, Vale, which is really annoying. But it's going to happen one day, I'm telling you. It's going to happen. I've got faith in so it. So he's going to come on off the bench, do you think? Yeah, or? it's going to be one all. He's going to come off the bench. Last 15. Evan's going to stand the ball up to the back post. Loft's going to body his defender and nod it into the net, and we're all going to go mad. We've been told we've got to stay Not off sold. the pitch, haven't we? So yeah. if Lofty scores, oh, if Lofty scores and win, I'll be on that pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know who's on the pitch. I'm on. I'm on. I promise there. we won't. Um, all right, good stuff. So let's wrap it up there. Um, I was going to say thank you for the questions, but I forgot to ask. So yeah, not thank you for the questions, but thank you for listening. And we will be back in a couple of weeks' time after, or probably played three or so games by then. Um, But yeah, anyway, see you all at the Mem on Saturday. Uh, Take care, everyone, and up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas.